What's up, Redeemer City Church? Pastor Mitch here, bringing you the second ever bonus episode on the Redeemer City Church podcast. However, not only are you getting Mitch Kuhn, you get the bonus, the massive bonus of Pastor Tim Kuhn as well, my dad, I am welcoming on the podcast as the first ever guest. How do you feel about that, Dad? You sure know how to blow a big bubble and pop one. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's now deflated because it's just you and I. Absolutely. What a disappointment. Dad. (laughs) It's all right. You're my hero, and that's all that counts. But for those of you who don't know my dad, my dad planted a church a little over 10 years ago, or is it 11 now? 11. 11 years ago in Sandy Hook, Connecticut, which I'm sure rings a bell for everybody listening as being the place where the shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School took place. How close was that to you guys? It's a half, less than half a mile down the road from us. So pretty strategic location when that was all going down. Yes, and God's many various agendas have taken place, but God's been gracious and able to build some relationships through all of that. Very cool. Well, you can find my dad's church at faithatnewtown.org, and he's on social media. You search Pastor Tim Kuhn and you can find him, or you can get on my page and find him that way. But speaking of the school shooting, what we want to talk about today and maybe even next week on the podcast is spiritual warfare. As we think about what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 5, here's what it says in scripture. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought captive, every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So what Paul hints at, and we can unpack this a little bit, and then maybe move into Ephesians 6, which talks about the armor of God, which would be our weapons for warfare. But the first thing that I think we have to acknowledge, and both of us are pastors, and the people listening to this podcast are people who most likely are going to church or at least have some sort of spiritual inclination, and they, they see that around them, they, they hear that. But the first thing that the text acknowledges is that we're not just in this life fighting against what we can see. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, and I've often shared with our people, it's a, it's a battleground. It's a warfare that we're in, and it's spiritual. And you said we're going to get to Ephesians 6, but... Paul, to the church at Ephesus, just clearly states, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but it is against the rulers, authorities, against cosmic powers over present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And that battleground 
is way beyond anything that we can even imagine. And I think everywhere we go, everything we do, there is this warfare that we are engaged in. So are you saying that every time that I have a test and I choose not to study, that that's the devil? Or do I play some kind of role in this? Well, I know your grades from years ago. (laughs) (laughs) So some lack of preparation may have something to do with that. But I I do think the tests of this world, uh, the trials, the temptations, all run through the filter of spiritual warfare. Right. No, I totally agree with that. So what what are some of the areas that maybe spiritual warfare is taking place? Let's start broadly in our world. What are, what are we seeing around the world that could be chalked up to perhaps spiritual warfare? Anything off the top of your head? Well, it, uh, it's wars and rumors of wars. It, all of that takes place. Uh, and obviously you put... And we see, and you're heading on a missions trip where you're going into lands and areas where demonic forces are at work. Uh, So through religion, that's all around the world, through leadership, through just evil and wickedness, uh, to the point of even those who are put to death. Uh, I think that's all through the filter and under the umbrella of spiritual warfare. And I think we underestimate, even in the broad scope of it all, all that's happening that way. Right. One of the things that will be forever burned in my memory is just a few years ago when in Egypt there was a group of Coptic Christians lined up on the beach. And they were all asked one by one to deny Christ. And when they didn't, they were beheaded on the spot. And... Just for whatever reason, that has stuck with me and just a visual reminder of how costly it is to follow Jesus, but also how rewarding, how that spiritual warfare in that moment, they were able to look past that and see something infinitely more valuable than even their own life. Yeah, and I think... Uh, you read Fox's Book of Martyrs. You know, it has taken place all through history. You go back to the apostles, and many of them were, you know, died for the cause of Christ, and some crucified upside down, boiled in oil, uh, all of that for the name of Jesus. So as we think about moving from around the world to... Our country, and we think about everything going on in politics, and I obviously don't want to talk about politics. It's probably my (laughs) least favorite subject in the entire world. But how much do you think Satan enjoys creating division among God's people through politics? Well, and I, I do think he's behind that, and... We live in a day where it's, but it doesn't, I mean, you can easily go back to the Civil War and issues. And so all through, as blessed as our nation is, Satan is about 
everything that, uh, that causes division. He's the author of division. So no matter what scope or realm and where believers are involved, this is spiritual warfare, and he's out to divide. And I don't know, you don't want to talk about politics, but it, the reason is it, that it is a divisive issue because you cannot you have to take a side or you feel you have to take a side because you're in where I'd like to go is, okay, what's the Bible say about that issue? And if the Bible's silent on various issues, then our opinion really doesn't matter. Uh, but Satan takes those things and, and I'm, I'm, heartbroken today because I see many churches, religious leaders who have taken the mantle of politics and think that that's the answer today. And a political leader is not the answer. A a political party is not the answer. Jesus Christ alone is the answer for our problems. Right. I often think of the the Bible verse that says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then you look around at human leaders, myself included, as a pastor, is I'm not the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm constantly changing. I'm constantly a work in progress. I'm constantly becoming aware of new places in my own heart that I need to rely on Jesus and new places in my heart where I'm not fully trusting Jesus and that's me giving my best effort. <laughs> so for somebody who's not even giving their best effort to follow Jesus, um, how, how much more is that, like Jesus says, building your life on shifting sand? Yeah, and, and you know, the text you read, verse 4, the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. And we destroy arguments, every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And we have to take those thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. And I think uh, the thoughts that come through in politics are are what this is, is part of what this is all about. And it's stating that if we put our confidence in lofty opinions or try to argue, these things ultimately are uh, opposed to God. The government is who took prayer out of the public school. And it becomes divisive that way. And I do believe satanic activity, demonic warfare, is behind much of this. And it enters into the area of our own country, politics. Uh, and you, you could go, we didn't talk about but you can go to illnesses. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just even thinking about the public school and prayer thing, we can we can also bring it to like our local church level and a lot of times we can look at something like that and get upset about that but one of the things that i always think about is that's the world acting like the world we shouldn't be shocked that the world isn't so into praying to jesus they they have not come into the light yet so what what gets you know the religious right, for lack of a better term, you know, all worked up, maybe shouldn't get them as worked up, but maybe send them more on mission. Right, and, I, and that's a 
fabulous point. You're exactly right. I think part of that is though our nation was founded upon biblical principles. We are a, were or are a Judeo-Christian nation, so we had those uh, principles as part of our fabric, and I think we're seeing them eroded. Politics is not the answer again. Well, and it can't be the answer, right? Because with those Judeo-Christian values, you know, we had slavery. You right. know, so yeah. so here we, you know, again, going back to what we were just talking about with human leaders, is they're never the answer. God puts human leaders in different places at different times to use them for his purposes, right? Proverbs says the heart of the king is like a stream in the hand of the Lord. So it ultimately, he's working it for good. But when we look at human leaders, there's always flaws there. The Bible's so clear about that, right? Moses, Noah, Abraham, uh, David, Joseph. I mean, every single one of them, Paul, Peter, every one of them had significant flaws. I mean, we think of Paul as, the Apostle Paul is like the best, like the cream of the crop. And his description of himself was, I'm the worst person that's ever walked the face of the earth. Yeah. And I just preached a text, Second Corinthians 2, and he was the most discouraged person on the earth. And he was suffering immensely uh, at that time. So, yeah, there. and I take it to us as leaders of the church today and uh, gospel leaders. We are flawed, but it's the grace of God and the power of God, the spirit of God that lives within us. Yeah. It always comes back to the gospel. It always comes back to good news and seeing people set free, right? Jesus said in Luke 4 that he came to set the captive free, to, you know, open eyes and open hearts. So we're going to come back next week in the podcast and talk about Ephesians 6 and really talk about what are our defenses, what is our weapons, what is our offensive in Ephesians 6 with the armor of God. But to round out today and to round out what we've been talking about, as we bring this whole idea of spiritual warfare into our life personally and start to look at our family, look at our church, look at our relationships, look at our jobs, um, what, what are some of the things that as Christians we should be paying attention to now, like every day, like, okay, great that I can see out in the world these things happening, but what about in my life on Wednesday afternoon? I think the verse that I use the absolute most in my counseling is Romans 12, 2. Uh, verse 1, you know, to present your body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God. But verse 2 is, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by your testing you discern what's the will of God, what's good and acceptable and perfect. I think the most critical thing for a believer and disciple of Christ is to discern and renew your mind to discern the things that are the will of God that are good, acceptable, and perfect. If we would capture every thought, as Paul said in Corinthians, to know or, or sense or determine, discern that that is not good, that's not God's will, just take worry. 
Worrying is not of God. It's not a good thing. So if I will discern that thought, then I dismiss that from my life and from my mind. And I have to transform my mind, renew my mind continually, discerning those things that are good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And if I do that 24-7, every day, every time one of these thoughts are uh, come into my mind, then and I realize this is spiritual warfare, this isn't good, I dismiss it, I immediately pray, I seek God at that point, I will walk a victorious life day after day after day. Amen. Well, that's a good word for us on Wednesday. Thanks for listening. And this is Pastor Mitch and signing off for my dad as well, who I'm really thankful that he got to be here and talk about spiritual warfare for us. And looking towards next week, you can count on that to be about some of the more practical, what does God give us to fight this spiritual war? But for today, we love you, praying for you, and I hope you have a great rest of the week. Can't wait to see you this weekend at Redeemer City Church, and if you're listening around the country or somewhere else, uh, we encourage you to find a local church because the local church is the hope of the world, and it was God's plan A, and there is no plan B. So hope you have a great week, and we look forward to being back with you next week.